0: Good afternoon, everyone, and warm welcome. If I just get myself on screen, fantastic. And a warm welcome to our third episode of QuickBooks Labs. Fun- funnily enough, it's been another two weeks I've gone since the last one. QuickBooks Labs is a bi-weekly vlog cast, the, uh, the place to come and listen to all things QuickBooks and other things about accountancy news. My name is Aaron Patrick. I'm a Chartered Accountant, Certified UK Trainer, and also owner of an accounting firm called BossFix. And joining me is Ash. How are you doing, Ash?
1: Great, thanks, Aaron. Yeah, I'm Ash, also a QuickBooks Trainer, experienced bookkeeper slash accountant, and I happen to be uh, the director of uh, Fastgate Applications that deals with NetTracker, making fixed assets nice and easy.
0: Perfect, perfect, perfect. So fantastic. How does this all work? I hear you ask. Well, first and foremost, we are live. It is uh, four four o'clock on a Tuesday, which is our normal time that we go live to the nation each and every day. If you are live, please feel free to jump in and give us some comments some questions, because this is what it's all about. It's about your burning questions and making sure that we can answer them as well. Um, Also, if you are listening at a different date if you do have any questions for the next show do do get in touch with us over our Facebook page QuickBooks Labs where you can come along and you can ask questions as you go so furthermore we also now have a podcasting service as well so if there's something that you quite like and you think that it could be quite useful to be listened to on a regular basis then please feel free to look at um, subscribing to us over on podcasts so Ash what's the agenda
1: for today So Aaron, uh, as usual, we shall have a little bit of news, various sort of QuickBooks related news. We'll take a look at a couple of features and a little bit of uh, sort of bookkeeping tips uh, within there. And then sort of the last sort of 20 minutes, half an hour or so, we'll have an open Q&A session. So any questions that you have, we can answer them live on air.
0: Perfect, perfect, perfect. So that brings us straight into this news section. My first news today, I mean, I'm keeping to a similar topic here. The last two news sections have all been related to this. But I'm thinking pay quite quite um, a prevalent issue. And i it's something that a lot of our clients are actually struggling with at the moment in terms of making sure it's working. But we actually got an email through from QuickBooks themselves and basically confirming stuff that we kind of already knew, but at least it kind of gives us some insight into what they're thinking. And also if there's any solution that's going to come anytime soon. So it's all to do with PayPal and the integration with multi-currency. If you if you use PayPal on a regular basis, you may have noticed that it doesn't deal with multi-currency all that well at this moment in time. And in fact, at boffix we've had to come up with really crazy ways in which we can actually deal with multi-currency items to go through quickbooks basically quickbooks have come out and said that they are aware of the problem they know that there are some issues with the functionality but they are looking to improve on it and it's that looking to improve on it that's the most important bit really in my eyes so at the moment what they have said is carry on introducing your transactions as you normally would for anything non currency. but the second you do get a multi-currency transaction then consider putting that in manually So if it does come through on the live feed, then I would exclude that transaction and then I would bring that in manually for now. They do say that uploading, downloading CSV files is a good way of doing that. In our opinion, though, when you do that from, from PayPal, sometimes that can be even more confusing if you've ever looked at the CSV file itself. So if you've got only a few transactions, I would highly recommend just bringing one or two in. Have you had any dealings with that? I know I keep asking you this each
1: each time. I I know PayPal uh, can be extremely painful. I just think of something painful and PayPal actually link together very nicely, especially when multi-currency is involved because, yeah, you sometimes end up with three or four lines coming through on a feed or on a CSV just that relate to one transaction. So if they, you know, if Intuit were able to absolutely nail that, um, I think it would be a godsend. Uh, so it's something that's really, um, you know, it's not been a major issue for me because I haven't had to deal with too many sort of PayPal-related uh, clients, but I, for some, especially if you're getting, you know, a couple of thousand transactions a month coming through, for these small sort of, you know, Amazon-related sales and the like, it can be a lot of work to tidy up. Yeah, completely, completely. So, Ash, you got any news your end? uh yeah we've got i've got a little bit of news uh, shall i just share my screen oh i need to share. click on the share screen that would that absolutely help wouldn't it so let me just click on share screen i've got it now there we are coming through yeah with, pre- with a, with
0: a okay. flicker with a flicker i don't know why that is flickering let's just remove it and start again how about that
1: no it's not doing nice. it not helping at all okay I can do it without let me just stop sharing and I can just do it without the uh, without the share screen so there is a uh, a third-party app called Azavia, Xavier which is basically there to sort of link them in your accounting package to you know to, to almost do a, like a bit of a bookkeeping review as to you know are, how tidy are your transactions are things quite correct have you got any duplicate customers for example have you got any uh, assets which you've not you know people have purchased assets maybe you've not sort of dealt with those so there's different sort of way, mo- ways of monitoring um and checking the accuracy of your bookkeeping and um, now that company company xavier that app has actually just been acquired by receipt bank so xavier is now part of uh, receipt bank and it's been one, part of their offerings now at the moment xavier uh is primarily a zero application. But I'm reading the article that was within accounting web, and I came down a little bit, just read again what was said. Uh, bear with me, I've just lost where it's on there. Um, yeah, the ambitions are ex- to expand it beyond the UK and to support QuickBooks Online users as well. So that's them sort of their. Their sort of forward thinking goals there, so that's my first little bit of news. So back over to you, Aaron.
0: Yeah, it's just just on that though. It's really interesting, isn't it, with Receipt Bank and Auto Entry and the other ones because you've got QuickBooks developing their own solution in house, and you've got Zero. They've acquired it. Was Hub Hubdoc was it? What one of the ones they acquired to do the similar sort of idea, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's kind of got to a point where Receipt Bank and Auto Entry are. They they're, they're definitely still relevant because in our firm we definitely value them, but they're having to kind of relook at their model as to exactly what it is they they can do, isn't it?
1: I think you're right, Aaron, because I, I don't think that they can just offer you know receipt scanning um because you know Intuit QuickBooks have just brought that in, or well, they've been in there a little while, but now they're sort of building upon that. So just to have that facility alone isn't going to be enough. They're needing to sort of Put something else in there to sort of give you know accountants and businesses, you know, what do I you know if I can do everything in QuickBooks, what exactly do I need you for? Um, But definitely they've definitely got a place still because if you're dealing with high volume transactions and like we mentioned just before the call, if you've got a business and you just don't want them anywhere near that QuickBooks file and you don't want them to have a login to QuickBooks or you don't want them to have a login to zero, um, at least by just giving them a login to whether it's auto entry or whether it's receipt bank, that's, they can't go any further than that. All they can do is just, you know, get their mobile phone out or upload the documents and that that's it. And then you can take it from there.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see what's kind of their next step, isn't it, and how they evolve. It's gonna be definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, so for my news then, the, the next bit that I've got to bring in is all about a new feature coming to QuickBooks. So QuickBooks themselves, they, they came through with quite a few little features they're bringing into the summer. Um, and we've gone through quite a few of them over the last couple of day, uh, last couple of QuickBooks labs. So we were talking about the CIS improvements and we've had other improvements we've talked about before. The one that I wanna to bring to everyone's attention though, which I think is gonna be really useful, is this whole idea that they're gonna be starting to introduce checks and and checklists on a monthly basis. So if anyone's ever played around with the smart checking feature within QuickBooks, so if you think about it from the VAT point of view, there is the option that before you file a VAT return, you have an option there to actually file uh, or do a smart check, shall I say, where it goes through and it looks at the data, make sure that it's accurate, make sure there's no errors and them sort of things. So it's going to be taking that sort of concept, but it's going to apply it on a more granular basis and a more larger basis as to the whole of the month. And personally, at our firm, we're quite excited by that idea. Uh, The idea that basically we can run it, we can go into each, at the end of each month, we can run a nice little report, a nice little check. And the idea then is it should spot any errors or anything that's coming through. And I did have a play around or at least watch some videos of it from the U S and how they've implemented it or how they're looking to implement it. And if they follow suit with that, um, the, the, the implementation there, which they tend to do, it could be a really exciting feature for us because it's going to be something that's just going to mean that we can start trusting the data even more. And the more we can trust the data, you know, the better it's going to be for everyone.
1: Yeah, that's, that sounds really good. So, is that that smart check? It's almost like a, a little bit of what that Xavier is doing. Is that
0: right? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. But again, in house, so, you know, encouraging people just to go through, make a few checks, make a few things. I mean, majority of the stuff there is available to us anyway. It's just that it's taking it's a call to action for people to go and actually go and make the checks and everything else. And then they're going to um, look on it as well in terms of how. I forget their terminology, but they're going to almost score it, gamify it, if you like, in terms of how well you're doing or how well you've got your you're under control of your books, if you like. And I think that's a really clever twist in terms of trying to get people or trying to encourage people to look at the data on a more regular basis.
1: Yeah, that smart check sounds pretty. Um, was the smart check actually in labs a, few, a little while ago? And I'm, I'm thinking almost about a year ago.
0: Yeah, it definitely came for a bit, didn't it? It was there for um, for a little bit, and, and it's little things like this come and go, don't they? Because there was also the QuickBooks um, assistant, whatever they were calling it, their little Siri and Google assistant type thing as well, wasn't there? So yeah, right, it definitely was there. It was around the same time, and now it's gone, gone again. So you know, it must be, it must be
1: prepping it ready to
0: uh, launch at some point.
1: Yeah, so I do remember actually uh, turning it on. Actually, I think through QuickBooks Labs. Yeah, QuickBooks Labs, um, <laughs> and um, you know, sort of, it came up with a few little things that maybe I should take a look at. And um, uh, um, none of them <laughs> actually helped me at the time, so hopefully they fixed that. They said, "Oh, you've got someone paying somebody's wages." Yes, he's in the right place. That's where it should be. Um, so hopefully they'll. Uh, they're laying out those little things, but yeah, yeah it, it, it's like, it useful, all,
0: useful, don't we, in
1: terms of just yeah, so like all, all things once they're once they're in. Um, is over to me for my little bit of news. Yeah, go for it, Gash. Go for it. Okay, can I try and share my screen with that flickering Second. like like a good one? Uh, share screen. Let's give it another go. That's better. Oh, better. yeah, that's more like it. So. We were talking a little bit about you know receipt capture which is a fairly new feature now before well actually it was only a few weeks ago when you were using that receipt capture and you wanted to actually email a document out uh, you you pretty much could only have one you know you, you know you were given an email address where you were going to send it to now that meant that if you had more than one quickbooks file it was a little bit difficult now They've changed it. So if I actually go into into the receipts area, you can choose an email. So if I go to customize email, so this is for a, a test file that I have, you can, if it's available, you can choose the email address that you want. So I've got one here, so I'm just going to call it Ash. Ash advanced, so that means that I can now email my receipts, my supplier bills to ash advanced at qbodocs.com. So I can claim that email address if it it's available. So it will just find out if it is, and that looks good. So I'll confirm that is exactly, exactly what I want. Now, depending on who has access to this file, I can now choose if I, you know, as the administrator, I've immediately got access. If I've got three or four users, I can say each one of those has the ability of emailing those in so I can add them. If I need to add further users, I can do so here. What that will do though, it will just take me into the the add users area. So the, um, so the benefit of this is that you, you know, you can have be using multiple QuickBooks uh, files, so you've now got a dedicated email address. Um, the one thing which is you know different to you know emailing documents from you know through via auto entry, if you like, or uh, a receipt bank, is that if you're emailing those documents, you have to be a user of QuickBooks. So unlike some of your third-party apps, where you might want to give that one of your suppliers maybe uh, you want to give one of those suppliers well just send your supplier and bills to this email address you cut that can't be done because they're not a registered user of that quickbooks file so that's the that's the only sort of the downfall of that but apart from that it should save us a, quite a bit of time
0: yeah it's interesting that one and i've just been thinking because i was kind of we, we've not played around with it as a firm but it does mention just users, doesn't it? So it doesn't mention anything about the accounting user. So you know how you can have the difference between a normal user and accounting. accountant. So, I mean, it's something I'll have to check, but I assume you can't send it in via the accountant?
1: Well, I, funny enough, I'm actually logged in as the accountant. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that should be fine. So, oh, so when I'm going to my managed senders, so I'm actually the accountant user here
0: perfect perfect okay so that's good and you're not an, an additional user as well are you no
1: if i actually if i check my users i should find in my manage users that yeah i'm well i appear in two places because i set this up but i appear in the accounting firms with yeah. my email address as well as stand, uh, standard users as well
0: Okay that's an interesting one. We'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on and and try that one. Cuz that definitely was something when we first launched the receipt um, entry it was something that didn't quite work out did it originally. It didn't seem to be a, a sensible solution.
1: Yeah. But that should it should should all should all work
0: as we need it to now. Good. That's what we want. We want we want progress. That's good news. Okay, Would fantastic. You- um, th- with that, then that's the end of the news. Shall we move on to the next feature then? So the first feature that we've got for today is, oh, it's me. It's mileage. Yeah. <laughs> straight into that one then. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share screens just like we've just done. Now, the whole point of mileage or the reason that um, mileage is going to be so important is basically when it comes to, we um, get rid of that one. Um, It's basically when it comes to thinking about and talking about making sure you claim your mileage in the first place. So mileage is one of those expenses within the world of accountancy, which is always quite tricky as an accountant to make sure that our clients are claiming for it. Because mileage in its essence is very easy to forget about and not actually claim it and not actually put it through so if you've got any solution out there that makes it easier for you as a business to be able to claim mileage it's always going to be a really easy or or a better solution and one of the things that's important is thinking about what's in your hand so here we have uh, a mobile phone and with a mobile phone oh it's lost it let me just bring that one back up so with a mobile phone itself hoping it's gonna come back
1: in. Uh,
0: With a mobile phone itself, you get the option in the QuickBooks app to actually show, I don't think it's gonna, there we are. Um, And it's going to um, give you an option to actually claim mileage directly in the QuickBooks app. So to show you how that's done, I'm just going to quickly get into my QuickBooks app. And it's just gonna ask me to do a little face ID. And within here, if I jump into my hamburger button, you'll notice that I've got some options in there. And in the bottom right hand corner, I have the option for mileage. Let's click on that. Now the mileage option within QuickBooks is all about making it really easy for yourself. So instead of having to literally try and remember the mileage or anything else, all I have to do is go into this area and you'll notice at the very top, there's an option there for auto tracking. Now, auto tracking, if I click on the learn more option, gives you the option to basically let the phone automatically track where you're going or if you're going from A to B and give you the option to claim that as mileage. Now, the way that it works is as it was saying on there is all about GPS tracking. So the idea is if I'm going to go from here to maybe a client's house or wherever it's gonna be, I literally jump in the car, I don't need to touch anything on my phone. I don't need to change anything within QuickBooks itself. I literally get in the car, drive from A to B. When I'm driving from A to B, at that point, it's going to register that as a potential business mileage. And I'll show you later, you get the option at that point to then say that was mileage or that wasn't mileage in terms of business or personal. So it's relating particularly directly on the fact that your phone's using GPS to be able to do um, recording of those mileage options. Now, the clever thing about that is the idea where you're not having to sit there and mark it as, a, as you're starting a trip and then mark that you've stopped a trip. It's going to record all the trips that you make, and then it's up to you at some point to go through and have a look at that. Now, to show you that in inapt- action, I am going to jump actually to a the self-employed app um, because in there I do have data in there that we can look at, but it looks exactly the same as it does from the normal QuickBooks app. But in here, you'll notice that I've I've actually got some trips that have already been allocated or, or recorded for me. Now, this is the this is what it will look like at the end of a week when you go through and you see the transactions that have already gone through QuickBooks Help Input or oh, QuickBooks um, Mobile App, and all you have to do is you go through each of these transactions and you literally swipe left for personal or swipe right for business. Now, the whole swiping left and right, I'm not sure where they got that idea from. I'm sure it will catch on at some point. But the idea is if you swipe to say personal, then it will just get rid of that transaction for you and it won't record it. But if you swipe right for business, you get to say what the trip was for. So maybe it was meeting with clients and it will record that transaction for you. You even have the option, if I just go back to the main app now, you even have the option to to record rules as well. So you can set it that every time you move from your office to a a particular client or whatever it's going to be, you can set it so that it'll automatically record that transaction as a business transaction. Now, it also appears in the QuickBooks app as well. Oh, We just signed back in again. In the main QuickBooks um, browser, so if I just sign in and I jump into mileage, you will notice in the mileage options. Oh, might not like the fact that I've just signed back in. Let's try again. You'll notice in the mileage options when it does
1: come back. Just, for you, I was just um, just put a uh, bit of humour in Aaron. I was just thinking, <laughs> may I've never, I've never been on a dating website, but don't you actually swipe left or right if you like someone or some? I just wonder, if perhaps one of the um, <laughs> one them. of the one of the software engineers might have got this idea of uh, swiping left or right for whether they liked the travel or not. <laughs> Thank you from some. Uh
0: particular famous app out there from somewhere so yeah, yeah definitely um how you know hopefully it'll catch on one day the um, swiping um so yeah so now we should be back into it brilliant so now at this point then just quickly get out that one and over to mileage you'll notice that in this area you'll see that this is the information from the browser now, what's happening here is it's got that information coming through for me. So, as you can see, I've got at the very top, I've got information about what mileage I had in a particular quarter. It's telling me how much mileage I've been able to claim, what percentages. So, it's giving me quite a nice little bit of information. And it does give you the option in the top right hand corner to add um, and copy trips if you need to, and maybe add a brand new trip. You can also have multiple vehicles. So, if you have got different vehicles, you can make sure that they're being utilized properly. And if you do need to add a brand new transaction, then uh, the add trip button's just here. And from here, you can then put in a date, you can put a distance, you can put in a starting point, end point, and you can mark it as business. So that's if you wanna put a manual trip in there. On the mobile app as well, you get the option to put a manual trip in. But once you've got all the information in place, One thing that you'll then need to do is record it as an expense or as a journal, depending on which way around you want to do it. Now, the way I would suggest to do it is as an expense. I think you get more options there, but you could put this as a journal as well. So basically what I need to do, first of all, is find out how many miles I have to uh, claim. Now, I can press the download button up here or I can tick on different items and I can go through. And I can then download those particular items, or I can mark them all as business if I need to. Um, once I know how many miles I've got, so I'd use the download button to do that. That will then be my proof of mileage, and then I need to go and record that expenditure. So I'm going to go use the new button at the top. I'm going to go suppliers, and from the um, uh, from the expenses area, I'm just going to record the last mileage that I did. And I'm going to use this one because then from here, I can more and copy. I would then make sure my date's correct. I'm going to use today's date to make it nice and straightforward. Um, From here, I've just called it personal as a payee, but you could call that whatever works for you. And I'm saying it's coming from my director's loan account or drawings account as a payment account. I'm then going to say mileage is my category. In here, I'll say how many miles I've already done. So let's say that it worked out at 15,000 and I'll do it by 45 P. I then have already created a VAT category called mileage in inclusive. And what that does then is it records and it comes back to my free P per mile for me. But the reason I like doing it as an expense is I've also got the opportunity to make it billable. So if I need to, I can tick this box and I can put it against a customer And then if I'm recharging my mileage out to a particular customer, it means I can do that nice and easily. At the very bottom, I have the option to put an attachment in. So I would browse, I'd go to my downloads and I'll bring in that QuickBooks mileage I've just brought in. And that way, it's a really quick and easy way and um, a simple way of making sure you're recording your mileage within QuickBooks.
1: Nice, Aaron. Yeah, it's a nice feature. Actually, I've just spotted a couple of uh, couple of questions come through on mileage. So while we're sort of... Um, yeah, different While you're recovering that. So I can see um, on one, just there, Leanne had asked us, can you delete the trips that have been designated as personal in mileage um, on the computer? Not sure why they were still stay there. I mean, I don't think they'd go anywhere. I mean, what do you, What's your sort of take on
0: that one yeah so they don't give you an, an extra an option to delete as 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 such unfortunately it does seem to be sat there um under the personal section and um, once you have reviewed them i'm just having a quick look um yeah you as soon as you reviewed them you don't get the option to actually delete them at all so it is something that i would say is is something that we probably want to look at trying to get some feedback over to quickbooks because i've come across that one before and never never put the feedback in before so yeah it is something that we should really look at it um but it i I suppose the reasons the reason it's not been deleted at this moment is because that when you do go to say it's personal or it's business or whichever way around you're doing it you then get the opportunity to go back to it and restate it so if you have accidentally put it to personal accidentally put it to reviewed uh, to uh, to business and you'll have the option to bring that back so i i suppose that's why it's there but now leanne's spot on there we should really have the option if we can of just deleting it and it's kind of stops there then doesn't it
1: yeah i suppose that it, i suppose it'd be nice um possibly if it was let's say safeguarded within a current financial year so yeah. you wouldn't be able to actually change it this year but as soon as you go or as soon as you close the books or something um it would allow you to you know Actually, I don't want any of those anymore, so just get rid of them and a little message might pop up, you know, are you sure? Something like that. Yeah. That
0: okay. uh, might, be,
1: might be good. Um, okay. So on to my little sort of bookkeeping tip of the day, if you like, um, and I'm still showing my screen. Perfect. The one reason why I brought up this next tip and it's dealing with, you know, if you buy, you might buy an asset, computer equipment, a van um, on higher purchase and how you might account for those transactions. And I've seen this question come quite a few times on different bookkeeping forums and QuickBooks forums. So I thought, well, let's just have a look at, you know, how I would deal with it. It's not necessarily how everyone deals with it, but this would be my scenario. The first thing I'm going to do is just go into my chart of accounts to make, just to show you what categories that I've actually got set up. If I'm buying something on higher purchase and it's for an asset, then what I will need to have in place um, for the asset is going to be a fixed asset category. So if I just scroll down a little bit without me searching for it, because I know it should be pretty much here. I've got a motor vehicles cost. I've got a, a, a tangible asset or a fixed asset category for that. What I've also got, in fact, I'll just search for them, is I have a loan set up. So I've got a current liability with a detailed type loan payable. So I've got a loan account set up for the higher purchase loan. I've also got interest payable. So we should be, you know, accounting for interest on that loan unless you happen to get a really good deal and it's going to be interest free but i've got an interest payable on there as well and i might have depreciation for the balance sheet and for the profit and loss setup in there as well if i take a look at so i'm just going to go into create a bill and it should pretty much be one of the last bills that i've done so i can take a look at it My QuickBooks seems to go very slow when I'm connected. Uh, Every time you live on this live show, I think there's so many things going on in the background. It's just everything starts wants to grind to a halt. Now, if I look at my recent transactions, and there we have a bill in there for Vans R Us. So, quite often, if you buy a commercial vehicle uh, on higher purchase and you're VAT registered, um, well, they're going to want you to pay the VAT up front uh, quite often for the entire cost of the vehicle. And they might also ask you to pay perhaps 10% of that vehicle cost as well. So what I've got is I've got a supply bill on there. and uh, So the original, the total purchase cost excluding VAT is £30,000 uh, with the total amount of VAT. Now if I scroll down, so VAT on 30000 is 6,000 pounds and that's appearing in my VAT box. Now I'm also going to pay 3,000, so 10% of the the net value of that. So the the loan balance in fact is 90%, which is 27,000. So what I've got here is I've got those two categories. I've got the fixed asset category for the cost of the vehicle and I've got the category for the loan shown as a negative. So taking away, I've got basically £3,000 worth of cost to pay, £6,000, £9,000 total. So that's how I'm going to account for my initial deposit and then my VAT. That's what I need to pay that supplier you know, immediately. Now, moving forward... I'm going to have to pay a monthly HP loan repayment. Now, when we pay those monthly HP loan repayments, and if I just take a look in my recent transactions, I've got a few expenses in here. Quite often when you get the loan agreement that comes through, I'll say, well, actually, you're going to pay 48 monthly payments of 600, 500, whatever it is, uh, a month. Now, when you're doing, preparing the accounts, um, quite often when you do get to the year end, you will look back at what the interest is. You might do a sum of digits calculation and interest is often sort of loaded up heavy at the front. So we can't really account for that without changing transactions every month. But what you might want to do is just to smooth your interest over the, over the case of the year. So roughly you might think, well, actually I might have £600 worth of interest each year. Uh, so what I'm going to do or you might know what, what you expect your next monthly repayment to be, is that, well, I'm going to set up a, a monthly transaction, which is going to look at sort of paying off my loan, £562.50. Now, whatever the difference is, I'm going to put to interest payable. Now, these couple of transactions I put in, I have put them in manually. But moving forward, you get a bank feed set up and you have the transactions coming through. Then you may as well create a rule for that, because these are the sorts of things which never change. So once you start paying off your loans, it's usually the same amount every single month, but usually 47 months out of 48. So within my banking area, if I go to banking. Just give a sec for it to wake up and then I'll go into my into my rules. And if I just come to the bottom of this page, because that's the last rule that I have set up. So I've got a rule there for that my monthly van payments. So this bank rule which I've just named it with the van payment ABC. And it's just for the money that goes out. And bank text, which usually is going to be the same every single month, might have your agreement number or something similar. So this is going to create an expense every month. And I'm splitting the transaction by an amount. So when you split a transaction through a rule, you can choose to split through a percentage or through a value. But what I'm indicating here is that the first 562 pounds 50 I always want that to allocate against my loan that's pretty much what I'm expecting to pay off every single month now below that my second split is whatever the difference is I basically want to go to interest payable and I can have different VAT codes I've got no percent you know no VAT against the loan payment and I've just marked the interest uh, payment as mark that as an exempt code and the pay is not mandatory and that's that's step there now if i just close that down so if i'll just open up the trial balance so what we'll find if i look at my so my van loan for my van which will appear on my balance sheet is now showing it sort of 000 odd change that to all dates so there's my transaction which is split so it's over 600 pounds a month which is coming through but I'm only allocating 562 pound 50 to offset the loan balance and then we can tidy that final balance up at the end of the year if I need to adjust the interest up or down against that and my. Profit and loss at the moment, it's got a nice, even, By search for my profit and loss. I'll have a nice, consistent amount appearing in my interest payable. Um, and I, I do like a bit of consistency. And in addition to that, of course, when you, you know, if you if you had purchased that asset, um, then you could use an app like NetTracker and track that asset and put the depreciation through automatically that's my little bit of bookkeeping tips on that for today
0: yeah i love that i love that and let's think as well um because you keep mentioning the fact that at the end of the year we can clean it up but it's so much easier to clean it up when there's already kind of some of the transactions there isn't it when you're just having to make an adjustment as opposed to having to start from scratch it just makes it so much easier
1: yeah because if you've got half you've got two-thirds of the story there already so instead of you as the accountant trying to sort of trawl back, so oh, I wonder if that was a van that was purchased, or what did they do? Um, you know, you've got it there. And actually, another little tip here um, for bookkeepers is that if I went back to that that bill, is that don't forget with the especially with HP agreements, if you can put the bill on the system and then you know, within your attachments. So you might scan the bill anyway through your receipt capture or similar and got the bill on there. But if you can put the HP loan agreement in that attachments, it will just save because these are the questions that your accountant is going to come back with that will say, okay, I can see you bought a van and it looks to me like you are paying that off. How long have you got to pay that off for? How many years? What's the interest? So save yourself all of those questions and just provide your accountant with all the information there uh so that they can get the job done quicker for you because that's you know that's what it's all about just save, save those emails
0: yeah couldn't agree anymore with that one couldn't agree anymore and i love the way that you're showing here how to do that no vat uh, or, or in this case we've got a little bit of a payment but it's, it's a similar sort of idea isn't it for no vap so if you've got any transaction that needs a or oh, sorry <laughs> that only invoice and this is yeah. a really clever way of doing it isn't
1: it oh yeah absolutely so whether it's whether it's you're not doing the courses whether it's insurance claims and you just want the vat whether you're purchasing goods from abroad because you're having to buy stuff from the us or australia and you only pay the vat and the duty that's basically how you just do it you're just splitting transactions over lines one with vat and one without
0: because I've seen too many people try to change that VAT box in the bottom right-hand corner, which will work, but it recalculates every time you go back into the transaction. So try your best not to uh, amend it down in that bottom right-hand corner.
1: Yeah, it will do, and uh, and it also makes your VAT returns look a bit odd. <laughs> you have seen that many times definitely
0: definitely i know that's really useful cheers for ash Um, and i suppose also with with that way of doing it and kind of looking at like you said you've got net tracker as well to kind of help you with the depreciation and everything else just going to make it nice and clean isn't it so no that's a really really good tip there thanks ash all right no problem okay so have we got some questions aaron we certainly have so um remember this is your time to shine so if there's any questions you've got regarding quickbooks regarding anything to do with um, you might have regarding any kind of accounting solutions as well we're more than happy to have a look at them so let's look at the questions we've had so far so we've got a few kind of shout outs as well so Joe um, over at Closet Greets he's uh, here live so nice to see you Joe nice for you to join in uh, we've already mentioned Leanne but she's in as well so hi to Leanne um, but Leanne did ask a further question as well which actually is actually something that's uh, worthwhile just bringing up quickly um, so Leanne's talking about here about how she, her criticism, should I say, of the app is about the fact that it's bringing in quite a lot of those mileage transactions. Now, I completely understand your point here and kind of understanding the fact that it, it's there, but do remember you've got the rules situation Um, that's how I've de- dealt with it myself. So if I know that I'm going to be going on a regular basis to and from a certain area, then I do like to just bring the rules into play. It does make my life easier in terms of making sure that they've been accounted for.
1: Oh, that's, not, no, not, that's quite nice. But is that a rule within the mileage feature itself, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. So within the mileage
0: feature themselves, you can set it so that if you keep going from one place to another, then it's automatically goes through as a business transaction for you, just like it does in the banking section. If you kind of look at it, as parallel to that.
1: So, All right. Have we got time for you to give us a quick demo on that? certainly (laughs) certainly okay so i think i'm just being uh, rather selfish because
0: i wouldn't (laughs) want to see it myself all right to be fair in fairness i should have really have shown it first of all so let's have a quick um play around with the whole bringing up the screen Okay then so hopefully you should be able to see my screen in front of you and on my screen you can see I'm in the mileage app now you can do this in the browser experience as well but I do find it easier because you know primarily you're using the mileage directly from here but bottom right hand corner there's that option to create and as I mentioned when you can create you can create a brand new trip directly from here so just so you have seen that you get this nice little picture here where you can then put your start dates and everything to go from there but also from the create button is create rule. And if I press create rule, I basically get to say what to do with a a trip if it goes between these two points. So if I say starting point was my current location, and I'm saying that's my office, and my ending point was Pride Park, home to the mighty Rams, then if I press save, I then get to dictate what happens every time I make that trip. So if I was going to make that trip, I can say it's always a business expense. I can say I'm meeting my client. And I can also look at applying rules to past trips. So if you are having a stage where you've got loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of trips being recorded, then maybe consider this rule feature here where you can apply rules to past trips, press save, And it will go through all the rules that you've got in your list and it will then apply them automatically to whatever you've set them as.
1: That's really handy. So if you're doing a lot of school trips, the school run, um, for example, that. So with those rules set up for your mileage, um, will that auto apply me and also a bit like the bank, you know, sort of get rid of them from your review screen automatically as well?
0: yeah exactly right and that that's what it's all about it's about just trying to clean up that review screen because leanne got it absolutely spot on it is it is one of those where it's kind of the poison chalice if you like you know we want to make mileage really really simple for us so we want to make it so that we can get it as straightforward as we possibly can but at the same time if you are just having it constantly running around you're just going to get mileage after mileage after mileage after mileage but like you said if you just put it to school trip and automatically put that to personal at least then it's starting to feed them out and get them
1: out of the way yeah no that's a great one yeah yeah so that thanks for that question so that's something i'll think about actually in the future
0: (laughs) brilliant 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 okay next question up was Kirsty, and Kirsty asks can i have a quickbooks look can i have quickbooks look after my own sole trader figures and the ones for mine and my husband's business i'm looking for something with everything under one roof to make it easier. Do you know what? This is a question that for some reason has been popping up more than uh, more than often in this last couple of weeks. And I don't know what, what it is that's bringing it up, but I've had quite a few queries of this. And it's not just about using it for multiple businesses, but it's also people looking for personal use as well.
1: So my stance on this is, no, don't do it. You know, just don't do it. Um, because you create a rod for your own back. Um, that's my own personal uh, stance on this. So yeah, yeah, there's lots of little tips, and I and I think this group had something similar the other week, Aaron. Um, yeah, yeah, you can use locations or classes to split between your different businesses. But I remember uh, a lady in America, um, one of the sort of trainers there. Um, and this is one of her comments was just because you can doesn't mean that you should <laughs> and this is probably what i'm thinking of on here is that um you know, yes you might save yourself a five or a month on on a subscription but the grief that you may get on top of that is not worth it
0: no i i i see i completely see what you're saying there and and la, you know you're right you can use classes you can use locations if you really want to, you can use different categories there are ways in which you can do it but as ashley's saying it, it is something that does tend to cause you more issues than it's worth um when it comes to that personal side of things though because i know for some people it's because they're utilizing um one bank account both business and personal yeah i mean my advice to that one is if possible, do get yourself a business bank account. It just makes your life easier. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a business account. If you, you know, just a sole trader or whatever it's going to be, but having that separation, having that way in which you've got, this is my business account. And this is my personal account. just makes your life so much easier in terms of not just your accounting and bookkeeping, but also your discipline and, and kind of letting your business grow and things like that. So it is something definitely to consider in terms of trying to split them as much as possible.
1: Yeah. I mean, on that sort of topic, um, so <laughs> as I'm sort of saying, you know, on one hand, don't do these sort of things. Um, so I'll, my wife is a good example here. So uh, my wife's got a very simple sort of type of business, service-based, um, sort of a bit similar to us, trainers, but in a different sort of field. And uh, now she only has we've like one invoice a month to raise. So pretty much all done through QuickBooks, but again, also only has a, a personal bank account uh, so, and that's linked through QuickBooks. But what we also, what I've also done um, for my wife is in fact, so I've set up loads of bank rules. And uh, so for example, when we go, when she goes shopping um tesco's or sainsbury's um it's going to code it to tesco's or sainsbury's but but it's all, i've also created some accounts in the charge of accounts i wouldn't normally do this but it's just for, you know a very small business for my wife and that's basically expenses go to drawings and um, within the subcategories food clothing kids and everything but I've also got them spun I've got two classes set up, business and personal. So when we run a profit and loss report, so I'm only interested in the you know the prop the PL by the business, so which I help to do the tax return for. Then I'll just run the PL by that class, business, and there'd only be like six categories. When I run the PL by personal, then there'll be 20 categories, you know, holidays and all the things that are bought for the kids. and. Um, so I am, in that instance, using it for personal and business nature. What I wouldn't, and I wouldn't recommend that for everybody, uh, but I definitely wouldn't mix two businesses.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and and that's a really interesting point you've raised there because I've been struggling to kind of understand the concept as to why people were doing it that way. But you're right, it's for that whole personal, um, you know, budgeting isn't it and just just seeing it as a kind of way in which they're already paying for some software so why not get the benefit of not only seeing what how their business is doing on a budgeting point of view but also oh, from a personal point of view as well so it's one of those things where that actually could work quite well couldn't it so that's quite a quite an interesting way of looking at it really
1: yeah it is um it is handy kind of for personal budgeting because Quite often, if you are especially, you know, the amount of hoops sometimes you have to go through to get a mortgage these days, and they want to look back at, you know, how much you're expecting to spend on twenty or thirty different categories. If you have sort of been monitoring that through your bank statements and your credit cards for twelve months, that's easier to, to filter out. And in fact, you know, when I first started sort of book, you know, bookkeeping, well, my sort of self-employed bookkeeping, if you like. So when I went self-employed. About 10 12 years ago uh, one of my first clients in fact was a you know quite a sort of wealthy businessman and he had multiple businesses but one of the, my jobs was actually just to go through all of his personal bank accounts because he wanted me to monitor his own personal spend and I used QuickBooks for that so I would literally put through you know what he'd spent on his bank his credit card and also created budgets so we could, see, oh, we could see. This is how much I'm expecting you to spend on, you know, hotels and restaurants and traveling around the world. Um, this is what you did last year. This might be what you do next year.
0: Yeah, and I think especially in t- times like this, where people are so worried about, and, and rightly so, in terms of kind of monthly spend and and what they're going to, you know, how much money's coming in because of COVID and everything else. I suppose there is some real benefit to that, isn't there? It's just getting your own personal circumstance, your own personal um accounts in order so definitely that i would i don't know if you know you for, for, for the majority of people i don't know if using the same software in classes and locations is quite right for them but i would probably consider for people who are looking to do it on a personal basis i think that's where QuickBooks self-employed could be a really good shout for them because it is so much more of a money in money out money in money out money in money out which is What, you know, personally is what is what is interesting, isn't it? And and it's got a lot more of a a way of being able to kind of categorize things in a more simplistic way, I suppose. So, you know, if you are considering for your own personal use, maybe having a QuickBooks self-employed and the QuickBooks app might be a worthwhile one. And that means you also get to have both of those on your phone at the same time and you can distinguish between the two quite easily.
1: Yeah, but I was just thinking about QuickBooks self Would you be able to categorise those personal types of expenses?
0: Yeah, because you so could put you... them as, as mileage, travel, whatever, as as they are in business expenditure. Ideas. Oh, right? so you
1: would treat them as a business cost. Yeah. Even though it's for personal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. And you'll just say it's going to this and going to that and going to this. Yeah. So. You know, you kind of, you're not using it for its intended purpose as such, but, you know, most of the time that's that's what we're here to do, isn't it? Find ways to, uh, <laughs> find ways to push QuickBooks to its limits, so. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's always, there's always sort of ways of experimenting, definitely
0: perfect perfect uh we got a final question in from leanne so leanne's going to brought brought up a follow-up question to the rules i did set the rules bit up which was lovely but when then if i go to the new charity shops etc i still have to plow through every journey when if i should just switch to my phone off auto when personal um and that's that's a really good point there so when i turned on the auto recording feature you do have the option to go in there and turn it off again if it's frustrating and and, and doing that. My only negative or downside to that is that's the sort of thing that people would then forget to turn back on again. So it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's one of those swings and roundabouts as to what's going to be the best solution. Um, One thing I would say in your particular circumstance there, Leanne, is because you're doing so many little trips, then I know it's a pain to kind of having to go through it, but the worst scenario or the worst situation you could have is you don't have that facility and you forget to include that one trip to the charity, which I know is not going to be like make or break. But at the end of the day, we want to try and claim every penny we're owed when it comes to mileage. So, you know, take that as a, as a bit, but it is something that I'm pretty sure that uh, (laughs) there's definitely some other features, should I say, that's coming to the mileage uh, section soon um there's only so much i'm allowed to say on that one but there is definitely more features coming so i would um i would definitely kind of watch this space if you like in terms of it now, i'm not 100 sure it's quite what what you're after in terms of making your life easier in that respect but they're constantly updating it so maybe the sort of thing um uh sort of thing that we can kind of push forward and we can try and get as many people as we can um mm-hmm or at least try and get as many people to uh, make adjustments as we can.
1: Yeah, I guess on the on the flip side if, you know, at the moment this moment in time if the mileage isn't working exactly for you, I mean don't, you know, always have a look at maybe the, you know, go on to apps.com, have a look at some of the mileage, you know, apps that are on there because in that way you do have the ability of you know, not having everything, anything coming through to QuickBooks, which you could possibly just review you know, every quarter or every, you know, even every year. So at the moment, I'm not, i have just carried on using it because I set it, I started using it, you know, years before the, um, the mileage feature came into QuickBooks. So I'm using a, a, an app called TripBlock, which I started using when Aaron and I started doing app reviews in 2018, um, And that sort of just kicks in with the Bluetooth on my car when I start driving. So if I'm on a train, it won't kick in. If I go on a plane, it doesn't kick in. So just through the Bluetooth connected uh, to my car. And then every year, every week, actually, I receive an email that tells me what trips I've done, which I can go in and review. And if I really wanted to, but I don't at the moment, I could set it to journal um, some values through. So you know, yeah, you know, sort of, you know, have a look and sometimes sort of have a look outside the box if you like. Uh, and then you know, when you're happy that the the QuickBooks mileage app is you know really what you want, then you can always scrap the other apps because they're not they're not very expensive. A lot of the mileage apps, some are completely free, and some will think, oh, I think I think I pay about twenty pounds a year for mine. So yeah, it's not it's not too much.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting as well. You're saying, because um, it's one of those things of what do you, what's best for it, you're using journal entries to get your mileage in there. Um, is there any reason why, or, or you would say for particular people, where that's a benefit to as opposed to expenses? What, what's your experience on it?
1: On the journal entry, um, well, as for me, I just, um, and I suppose I could claim the VAT, I suppose I've just had a habit basically. Um, I don't think there's a lot in it. <laughs> they, both, they, both, uh, they both do the same thing. Um, I suppose with the with my journal entry, I put it directly to my director's loan uh, in the direct in the balance sheet in the liability. So it, it goes great. straight across. So that's the the benefit there. Whereas if you create the expense, you've got to use that bank category first.
0: Yeah, I suppose you get less. You intend to have less journal entries per client don't you so i suppose it's easier to find a journal entry to copy it and kind of do it again isn't it so i suppose there's that to it as well yeah cool okay so we've got one more question in well i say question more of a statement we've got the legendary jack from intuit so if you're a part of any of the quickbooks um uh, facebook groups at all then you'll know that you'll know jack because he pops up in all of them um and he says he's loving the t-shirt so i'm glad someone someone spotted it as a <laughs> nice little easter egg we've been putting out there so fantastic cheers for that jack appreciate that comment okay then with that i think we're coming towards the end
1: aren't we, aren't we ash i believe so so our next session is two weeks time so sticking with the theme uh it's going to be two weeks today which is the twenty. 1st of July, same time at four o'clock. We haven't got a full agenda yet. We've got a couple of people that are interested in coming on. We've got uh, some possible guests um, for the future, not booked in for that date, um, but you know, some app providers. I've got Rowan from Apps Advisory who's going to come on with us at some stage. Um, so we'll have a, have a good think about some other Sort of topics, other sort of tips uh, that we can sort of give and sort of demonstrate. But anything that you would like us to try and demonstrate on a future episode, then please drop those questions. And don't forget, if you're not already following us, then give us a like or a follow on the uh, QuickBooks Labs Facebook page and uh, you'll be kept up to date with our latest episodes. Brilliant. So, bye for me. And as a goodbye from me.
0: Cheers. All. Bye now. Bye.